This is the message from Connection Community Church for this Sunday, June 2nd, 2013. Superheroes of the Bible, Gideon. So, Peter Parker, also known as Spider-Man. Yeah, just a regular ordinary guy who had some extraordinary power. And as his uncle shared with him, with great power comes great responsibility. So, for the next five weeks... Uh, today, next four weeks, we're going to be looking closely at superheroes. Now, the superheroes we're looking at don't come from the pages of the comic books or from TV or the movies. Superheroes we're going to look at come directly from the pages of the super book, better known as the Bible. We'll be looking at what makes them super and what makes them heroes. Would you pray with us, please? God, thank you so much for today. It's a day that you've made, a day where... You have big plans for each one of us, and we may not know what they are or even uh, be tuned into your activity in our lives, but uh, thank you. Thank you for breathing us into existence, for loving us, and for wooing us here this morning. Open up our hearts, and we give this time to you. In Jesus' name and by the power of the Holy Spirit, and all of Connection Church said... Amen. Amen. So you know that super book, the Bible, it's chock full of superheroes, and we've chosen five, actually it's six, because one week it's a combo plan, six, to, to look at a little more closely over the next month. Today's superhero comes from the pages of the first part of the Bible, the Old Testament. His name is Gideon, and we find him in the book of Judges in chapter six, seven, and eight. Now, um, throughout the Old Testament, you'll find that there's kind of like a, a love-hate relationship uh, on the part of Israel toward God. Um, you go through that book, and, 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 and you find that they go through these periods of being very close to God, but then they go through much longer periods of collectively turning their backs on God and doing, as Scripture says, evil in the Lord's sight. Um, we're in one of such a uh, period as that when uh, chapter 6 opens. They've done evil in the Lord's sight, and in response... God has given them over to a neighboring force, the Midianites. Now, these Midianites were so oppressive that the Israelites hid in the clefts and the caves of the mountains. Wherever the Israelites planted, the the Midianites would camp out on the land and they would ruin the crops. They wouldn't spare anything, not only the crops, they wouldn't spare animals, livestock, the sheep, the cattle, not donkeys, Scripture tells us. They came in like swarms of locusts. Midian so, over, so impoverished the, uh, the Israelites that the Israelites cried out to the Lord for help. If you have your Bibles with you, turn to Judges chapter 6. If you have your smartphones, you can take a look at them. Or the words are up on the screen. I'm beginning at verse 8. This is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. I brought you up out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. I rescued you from the hand of the Egyptians. I delivered you from the hand of all your oppressors. I drove them out before you and gave you their land. I said to you, I am the Lord your God. Do not worship the gods of the Amorites in whose land you live but you have not listened to me. He's not pulling any punches here, is he? That's a tough message, I would think. 
You know, the truth is, though, this is a message that the Lord could deliver to each and every one of us at some point or another, wouldn't you say? Just as God brought the Israelites out of Egypt, the land of slavery, God has brought you and me out of the land of being slaves to sin. Just as the Lord rescued them from the hands of their oppressors, Jesus has rescued and delivered us from the hand of Satan. Through his blood on the cross, Jesus has saved us and given us new life in him, just as the Lord gave new life to those who'd been enslaved in Egypt for over 400 years. Just as God was Lord of the Israelites, and they were to worship him, not the gods of the Amorites in whose land they lived, Jesus is Lord, and we are to worship him, not the gods of the culture of the land in which we find ourselves. And yet, and yet how often have we, just like the Israelites, not listened to our Lord? How often have we turned our backs on God? How often have we also done evil in the sight of the Lord? How often? How often? But you know, our God is a God of second chances. Our God is a God of forgiveness. Our God is a God of grace and mercy. Our God is a God of new beginnings. And so as we continue on with Gideon, we see that God sent an angel who came and sat under an oak tree next to Gideon who was threshing wheat in a wine press and he was hiding from the Midianites. Now, this is a great picture of someone who is scared to death. You see, the Midianites instilled such fear in the Israelites. Normally, when wheat was threshed, this is kind of strange to me today, but they'd take some, they'd throw it up, the chaff would be blown away, and the grain would go to the ground, and then they would gather the grain that way. Well, picture Gideon. He's hiding because he's afraid, and so he's in a wine press. It's this, the way I kind of visualize it, like a box with walls. You know, it's made, it's there to make wine, and so he's in there just kind of throwing the chaff up in a box. And he is so afraid. That whole picture is so strange to think about. And so we have this guy virtually hiding in a wine press, doing, trying to do his job, hiding from the Midianites. And then listen to this. When the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon, he said, The Lord is with you, mighty warrior! Do you see the irony of this situation here? He's kind of cowering, trying to do his work, and he hears, the Lord is with you. By the way, if you ever get a message, the Lord is with you, mighty warrior, <sighs> strap it on, man, because something's coming. You better be ready. <laughs> oh, brother. Anyway, um, but it makes all the sense in the world for this angel to say, uh, give him this name, because that's what the name Gideon means, mighty warrior. He's had this name from the get-go, he's been a oh, mighty warrior his whole life. Well, here's what happens next, picking it up at verse 13. Gideon says, pardon me, my lord, 
But if the Lord is with us, why has all this happened to us? Where are all his wonders that our ancestors told us about when they said, did not the Lord bring us up out of Egypt? But now the Lord has abandoned us and given us into the hand of Midian. Hmm. When I think of Gideon, I kind of think of um, kind of an everyman kind of superhero. And that kind of seems strange because superhero and everyman seem kind of disjointed. But the reason I say that is because I think Gideon looks a whole lot like you and me. I don't mean physically, but how he's made. He's kind of more meek and mild than bold and courageous. When he's, when he's told the Lord is with him, <laughs> hello is kind of what he says. If the, if the Lord is with me, he says, why is all this happening? Where are the wonders? Where are the miracles? <laughs> Where are you? <clears throat> Lord is what he asks. You can relate to that, can't you? We can. We can. Some days, even though we know the Lord has told us that he's with us, even though we know deep, 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 real deep some days, real deep, that God is there, we still wonder. We still question. We still ask, if you're with me, Lord, then why is all this happening? If you're there, Lord, why am I having all this trouble at work? If you're there, Lord, why am I having all this trouble at home? Why am I having all this trouble with my car? Why is everything in the house falling apart and in need of repair, Lord? Why does it seem that everything around me is crumbling and falling apart, Lord? Why, why, why is all this happening if, in fact, you are here? Good question. Well, in Gideon's case, he's not asking this question just for himself, but he's asking this question on behalf of a nation, the nation of Israel. Why, God, have you abandoned your people? Why, God, have you abandoned your people Israel and given us into the hand of Midian? Mm. And now, um, um, you got and so, God... <laughs> doesn't address Gideon's question. Instead, God gives Gideon an assignment, a very appropriate assignment because of the concern that Gideon raises and yet a staggering assignment when you really think mm -hmm. about it. Yeah, and so it even gets better for, for Gideon because here's what happens next. The Lord turned to him and said, go in the strength you have and save Israel out of Midian's hand. Am I not sending you? God says, pardon me, my Lord. Gideon replied, kind of says, excuse me? Um, but how can I, little old me, save Israel? My clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I am the least in my family. <laughs> I'm the least of the least, he says. And the Lord answered, I will be with you, and you will strike down all the Midianites, leaving none alive. Wow. And so the Lord says to Midian, go in the strength you have. Midian's response, uh, God, my clan's the weakest, and I'm the least of the least. 
I ain't got any strength. <laughs> you see, Gideon didn't really get it. He did not understand, as we all do at times, what God is trying to tell us. Gideon thought that God wanted him to go out in his own, his Gideon strength. But God instead was saying, no, I will give you strength. Go in my strength because I have a mission, I have a plan for you to save my people, not in your strength, but in my strength. And that's true for you and me as well. Amen? Amen. You're called to go in your strength. I'm called to go in my strength, but your strength and my strength, it's not the strength that we possess, it's the strength that God possesses. The strength God allows us to tap into, God's strength. That's the strength that carries us through when we can't manage on our own, when we feel weak and defeated. It's the strength that changes and transforms the world. That's the strength that is your strength and my strength, not ours, but God's strength that we get to tap into. Because, you know, with God's strength, we've said it here many, many times, with God's strength, all, all things, things are... are possible. All things are possible. Well, Gideon is still a bit shaky, and so he asks God for a sign, a sign that God will save Israel through Gideon. Here's the sign that Gideon asks for. Gideon places this uh, wool fleece on the ground and says to God, you know, if this fleece is wet in the morning, and everything else around it is dry, then I'll believe that you will save Israel through me. And so we find that God gave him the sign. When Gideon got up, he picked up the fleece, wrung it out, filled a bowl of water, and everything else around that fleece was dry. That's a heck of a deal, isn't it? I mean, that's a pretty good sign, don't you think? Gideon ought to just move on, but no, no, no. Gideon says, God, don't get angry. One more request. This time, I want you to flip-flop it. Same fleece, but tonight, keep <laughs> it dry and make everything else wet. <laughs> I would just like to just know what, go what God's thinking at that like. Oh my goodness, Gideon, cut me a break. You know what, though? I have a feeling God does that same thing with us all the time, doesn't God, just give me a sign. Okay. God, couldn't you give me another sign? You know, we're never satisfied, are we? We sometimes say, Gosh, if, 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 if Jesus was just here, then, then gosh, it'd be so much easier. They had him. They still didn't believe it when he was right in their midst. God gives us the sign, and we always want more. Amen? Amen. Well, as we continue on this story, Gideon <laughs> did follow God's instruction, and Gideon gathered 32,000 troops to go into battle against the Midianites. But the Lord did not want Gideon to think that Gideon was doing it on Gideon's strength or any of the other troops' strength, but that God would get the victory, that it was total, complete 
God. So the Lord told Gideon to send home any troops who trembled with fear. Well, that was 22,000 men. And so 22,000 men were asked to go home, and that left 10,000. Yeah, but the Lord said that was still a few too many. So they said, Gideon, do, do one more thing. Uh, tell the guys to go down and get a drink out of the river. And so they go down, and, and some of the guys got down, and they kind of cupped their hand and lapped it, it says, like a dog. I can imagine they're still kind of looking out, whereas the other guys kind of bent down and drank right out of the river. You see the difference? The ones are keeping their eyes on what's going on. They were the ones the Lord said, keep those guys, send the rest home. The challenge was, that was only 300 of the 10,000. So what's that, 9,000, nine? There was a lot that went home. <laughs> and he left 300 to do battle. Out of 32,000, it's whittled down <coughs> to 1%. 300. And so the Lord told Gideon to give each man a trumpet and a jar with a torch in it. Now think of going into battle armed like that. They were divided <laughs> into three companies, 100 <laughs> each. They went into the enemy camp at midnight and they blew their trumpets with their right hand. They took their other uh, hand, they smashed the pot and held the torch, and they shouted, a sword for the Lord and Gideon. They held their positions around this camp of the Midianites, and what happened is that the Midianites got so confused and so scrambled that they ended up turning on each other with their swords. Killed each other and scattered. It just, it just dawned on me. I wasn't thinking about this before. Clay pot, torch, trumpet. There's no, they didn't say they got swords, did it? Armed for battle. 300 against, it doesn't exactly say, but uh, some uh, commentaries that kind of put it together and kind of did some figuring. This one we read said, it looks like maybe 135,000 troops on the Midianite side. 300 versus 135,000 with a clay pot, a trumpet, and a torch. <laughs> that sounds goofy, doesn't it? it sound, I mean, if you said, I'm going to go into battle like this, people would think you're crazy, wouldn't they? Because it doesn't make sense. As, as that commercial for the uh, Segway said, it's kind of weird. But it's not weird because with God, all things are possible, especially when we're in the Lord's strength. All things are possible. So we put Gideon in our superhero category for today. And the reason why is we looked up the definition of superhero. Here it is. A character in a film or story who has special strength and uses it to do good things and help other people. And so as we said, Gideon's just an ordinary guy. As he said, the, the least of the least, the weakest. Kind of like I said earlier in every man who, who allowed God to use him to do something extraordinary, some good for some other people, for his people. And it was that strength that allowed him to, 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 to go to battle 300 guys against 135,000, against overwhelming odds, 
God calls us that way too. He sometimes says, I want you to do this. And you would say, I can't do that. I don't have the power. I don't have the money. I don't have the strength. I don't have the, I don't, I, I don't. We fill it with the air with I don't. God says, oh, yes, you do, because you've got me. You know, a lot of the, the huge uh, movements, Christ-centered movements in the world started with a single person. In fact, virtually all started with who opened themselves up to the possibilities, relying on God's power and strength and direction. And so here's the question for you today. What is God calling you to do? What is God calling you to do? Something that might seem overwhelming, something that can only be done with God's strength, something where you're going, me, Lord, but I'm too whatever the negative thing is, where it's going to have to do be on God's strength in order to do it. Where is God calling you to be a superhero? And then the even more important question is this, What's it going to take for you to say, yes, Lord, yes. Yes, Lord, yes. Thank you for joining us for our podcast. For more information about Connection Community Church in Middletown, Delaware, please visit our website at www.connectioncc.org. You can also call our church offices at 302 378 7692. Connection Community Church. Connecting people with Jesus and the life that he offers.